Well, welcome to class five of the parenthood class uh, today. We're going to talk about formative discipline. I know you've been waiting for that. And uh, so, but let me start with a summary of last week. We talked about getting to the heart of behavior. And it's important to start there before we go into formative discipline, just to remind ourselves what we're actually trying to do. The scripture teaches that the heart is the control center of our life. A person's life is a reflection of their heart. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. What that means, in some part at least, is that a pers- uh, the behavior of a person is the expression or the outflow of what's in their heart. So this understanding is important when we're talking about raising our children. It teaches that behavior is not the fundamental issue. The the basic issue is what's going on in their hearts. A lot of times we can get sidetracked by behavior. Behavior is what makes us notice things. You know, they... They do something that we told them not to, or, or they, you know, talk back, and and we we notice this behavior. But the behavior actually came from somewhere. Came from where? Hearts. The heart. Yeah. All right. Um, so don't get don't get sidetracked into just correcting behavior. Uh, Try to get to the root of the problem. That's what we want to do. Um, well, your child needs something far more profound, far more deeper than just getting their behavior corrected. Um, they need to have their hearts transformed. So, now, of course, there is a time to correct improper behavior or to correct bad behavior. Uh, God's law demands that we correct and, and uphold a certain standard. And we'll get more into matters of obedience and proper biblical use of discipline next week. We're just simply saying right now, don't be satisfied to just correct behavior and, and do nothing with the heart. Uh, you want to do both. And at the same time, Remember what this says about our hearts. I trust we've all been convicted at some level about our own hearts over the last few weeks in this parenting class. Uh, I know mine has. What does your obedience look like? Have you seen bad behaviors rise from your own heart. Uh, you know, do you pout or disengage, you know, go away? Do you talk back? Do you have a fussy heart? Or a greedy heart? Is there some sin that you just don't want to let go of? It's just me. Well, what's behind that? It could be a 
dissatisfied heart. So, as we're going through this, just remember, it's not just for parenting. It's also helping us. So, I remember a reminder as we go through the course also, the more earnestly we deal with our own sin, the better equipped we'll be to deal with our children's sin. Does that make sense? Yeah. When we deal with our own sin before the Lord in humility and confession and repentance and asking forgiveness, then we'll be better equipped to deal with the sins of our children or those who are we're responsible for. So today we're going to talk about communication. And we're going to cover four things. Why we communicate, what we communicate, this is all in your handout, how we communicate, and then together when and where do we communicate. So let's start with why do we communicate. There's two basic answers to this. One, we image God when we communicate. What do I mean by that? Well, God is a communicator. He speaks. When, when have you seen God speak? Creation. Creation. Yeah. What else? In his word. He speaks in his word. So without God speaking, we wouldn't exist and we wouldn't know him. Scripture is God speaking to us. Uh, could somebody read Hosea 6, 6? Hosea 6, 6? I think Joe's got it. Hosea 6, 6. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Okay, so it's the knowledge of God that then leads us to sacrifice or to behavior. Uh, to know and be known, to relate, to express, to communicate knowledge, these are all things that we do because we're made in God's image. Why might that be important? Well, among other things, it reminds us that we're not just wild dogs in a pack, you know, biting at our young ones to you know, get them into a social order. That's not what we're about. We're living, rational souls, people, who have been given charge of other living, rational souls to teach them and to nurture them. So we communicate. We, we use our words. Uh, which leads to answer number two. Why, why do we communicate? Because we are commanded by God to communicate truth to our kids. One of the Bible's best parenting job descriptions was in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. We read that last week. Uh, Corey, are you there by chance? Can you read uh, 6, 4 to 9? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them 
when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Okay. Parents are com- commanded to communicate the truth of God to our children. Let me have someone pull up Judges 2, 10 to 12. If you think about it, that's a pretty weighty command. We're, we're commanded to communicate the truth of God to our children. That's what Deuteronomy 6 says. So listen to this brief story in Judges chapter 2. Israel has just taken possession of the land of promise and has seen God fulfill his promise in some big ways. Going through the sea, remember they went through the, the sea, they went across the wilderness for 40 years, the walls of Jericho have fallen down, they're in the land, or they're coming into the land, sorry, they're not quite there, oh yeah, they are there, they're in the land, the land has been divided, and now we're in the first couple chapters of Judges, so who's got it open? Oh, it's printed, look at that, can you read it, Ada? After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers. Okay, what's the big problem? What happened? So how could it that, which generation? It's the very next generation, that another generation group. They did not know God. Why do you think they did not know God? Their parents didn't do Deuteronomy 6. <laughs> Their parents did not do Deuteronomy 6. They did not do what they were told as parents. And we as parents... We're charged with the same great responsibility to teach the truth to our children. We are, as parents, or as those who are are over certain kids that have been entrusted to us, we are the primary means through which God uses to communicate truth to the next generation. So now... Why do we communicate? Because it's God's given task that our children may know their creator and what he has done for us in Christ. And as we do that, they have a chance to live, to respond. So what do we communicate? Number two. Well, there's a lot of things that we need to communicate to our children and that they need to learn from us. I mean, we we have to give them practical instructions on everything from mathematics to to food and and how to cook and how to function in the world, basically. They, They need those things. There's so much that we can give them that's helpful for life, but those things don't necessarily teach them true or eternal life. We 
also need to train our children to think biblically. To think, what does the Bible say? What is the gospel? More. So, I've kind of gone ahead in this, but more than just thinking biblically, what, what we really want for our kids, uh, and what we what we really need to put as the main objective of our teaching as a Christian parent is that our kids would know Christ and be transformed by His character. Romans 8, 29a. Is that on there, paper? Well, no. this is great. Okay. So, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed the image of his son. So this is God's will for his children. And our desire is that our kids would have every opportunity to know him also. So a couple things are necessary for Christian maturity. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit. And we need the scriptures. We can't do what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, that's God's work. You know, he... God is the author of salvation. But our work? What can we do? We can teach them the scriptures. Yeah. The scriptures are necessary for Christian maturity. And it's our task as, as parents to teach them to our children. So here we got some, some more scriptures that we can hand out. So if you can... Maybe a couple people can have this ready. Um, Corey, can you do Isaiah 55, uh, 11? I think it's more than 11. But, um, yeah, 10 and 11. Um, Annalisa, can you do Psalm 119, 105? Uh, Ada, can you do uh, Hebrews 4, 12? And... Joe, can you do 2 Timothy 3.16? Okay, maybe start with uh, Annalisa. Almost ready. Almost. <laughs> so you've got to scroll way down to 105. Yeah, okay, so 118 to 105. Your word is a lamp for making a light on my path. Okay. The word is a lamp and a light. Uh, Isaiah? For us, the rain snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Okay. What does that tell us about God's word? Guaranteed Okay, it will have an effect. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So how, let's think about these next two together. 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. Okay. Uh, 
Timothy 2, 17, yes, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay. So, what does the scripture, how does the scripture, then how is it effective for teaching our children about God? trying to get to that heart of behavior, it's the Word of God that will get us down into there, right? Yeah. And if it's useful for teaching, we want to teach our kids, we want to train them in righteousness, and it's useful for them. Yeah. Like, we want to do all those things that it's useful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Any other thoughts on, on the Word as... Pharisees. 
People who look good on the outside, but inside they're dead. They know what to say or what to do, but they don't know God personally. So the third thing, how do we communicate? Uh, we often... We often uh, think of parenting, uh, you know, we kind of think of it in three, most of the time people think of parenting in three, three ideas. Giving rules, giving correction, giving punishment. <laughs> that's, that's oftentimes what, what people think parenting is. Uh, and so we, we, we become these, the, the, the role of a lawgiver a policeman or a woman, and a judge. So, you know, the lawgiver is the one who you, you give the rules to your children. Don't get out of bed. And then the police person is the one who arrests the children for breaking the rules. Why did you get out of bed? You know, why are you playing with your dress-up clothes when I told you to, to go to bed? Uh, and then the judge... Well, that's the one who enforces the sentence that's to be handed out for that wrongdoing. Now I'm going to have to discipline you. Well, every family does need rules and correction and punishment. We, but it's not to say that those rules are bad or wrong. But there are other ways, other ideas of uh, of how we can parent our children in the way we communicate to them uh, that are that need to be used more in the way that we shepherd our children. So to add to rules, correction, and discipline, uh, we can also use things like encouragement, review. I've, I've changed some words here to try to make them a little easier. Begging. Uh, instruction, warning, and prayer. These are other ways we can communicate with our children uh, in our parenting. And we'll see these in Scripture. So let's go through some of them briefly. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Uh, could someone read that off the page there? And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Warn, encourage, help, be patient. One thing we, we can get from this verse is that there's different occasions, different hearers need different approaches, different tools uh, from, from Scripture. How, I mean, I, how many times I, I just wanted to preach to my daughter who really just needed me to listen. Chris uh, you know, had some thoughts about that a, a while back uh, where learning about our third daughter just needed to listen sometimes. Um, how many times have I rebuked a child for, for being lazy in their homework when really they just needed some encouragement or even some instruction, you know, some help? Uh, so, uh, 
we can use different methods of using communication. Another one is rebuke. Uh, a rebuke is when we expose bad behavior. Sometimes we can't see our, our bad behaviors, and a rebuke is a way to make that visible. Sometimes a child must experience your own sense of shock or dismay at what they've done or said. Perhaps a child picks up a bad word uh, outside you know, from somebody they're playing with or whatever. Uh, you know that that word is not acceptable in your home, but you hear it. Sometimes the the shock of that word, and oh my dear, you know, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Uh, they need to hear that shock and a word from the Lord. Um, for instance. Another, another thing that, that's come up in, in our house, if a child hit or screamed at Chris, disrespected her in some way, that, that's a really big offense. And, and I wanted to be really clear with my kids, you don't treat your mother like that. Uh, it's a rebuke. That make sense? Uh, begging. Um, I had to try to think of a, a, a word that was a little easier to use here, but it might have been pleading. No, it was like imploring. Imploring. Yeah, it was. There was some words like that. So now this is that earnest, intense communication. Uh, pleading, urging. It's that earnest plea of a father or mother who understanding their child and the ways of God and the need of that particular moment is willing to bear their own soul with an urgent request for their children to act in wisdom or in faith. Uh, this is this is to be used carefully. It's not the kind of thing you do over spilled milk. It's when they're older, usually. Yeah, when they can reason with you and, and, and understand. Um, so you 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 entreat or you you beg like this or you plead when you see wandering. Somebody's getting close to the to the to get hit. You know, it's uh, in the road. You know, you see danger. Uh, for instance, like the. the I remember a friend of ours whose uh, younger daughter was exposed to pornography in the school on the iPad. And, and so they pled with this, this little girl, no, this is not good, you know, and, and to share, you know, when they see a hard heart, you know, please don't go down this path. Um, Anybody think of a time where you might see that sort of meeting helpful? I think I had that with my grandmother. My parents would get when I was a teenager, 
be like, what are you doing? You know, like, my grandmother, like, spoke out of a heart of, like, don't do this, like, in private. You know, but it was like, not a manipulation, but she, her heart was broken that she would see my sin. And I was, that really, like, hit me. Like, what am I doing? You know, so it was, it was not from her manipulating, but a true heart of, like, do not go this path. Uh, a, a fourth way is instruction or teaching. Uh, this is that process of providing a lesson, uh, some information that will help your children understand their world. Uh, as a parent, you are the main means by which God is going to move your child from complete ignorance to knowledge of the world and, and wisdom of God. So, uh, a lot of times that will involve just teaching. You guys are in that. I think that's where most of you are right now. <laughs> Tons of teaching. And sometimes the discipline issues can be corrected just by teaching them. Um, like the, you know, how do you, is your house organized in a way where it actually could clean well? You know, um, just, you know, do they know how to interrupt politely? You know, you taught them some of these things um, so they... They have the instruction, so they have the, they're aware of it, so they know. Yeah, so, I mean, going back to the cleaning room thing, I mean, it's, it's important that they understand what a cleaning room looks like. You know, what, how is the, the room organized? And such, well, let's, uh, I've seen Ada do this, you know, let's put these things here, let's put these books here, let's put these markers here. And, and she's instructing her children what the clean room looks like so that later she can say, okay, it's time to clean the room. They know what the clean room looks like. Oh, the books go here, the markers go here, the, you know, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, so you take the time to instruct so that later they can do things on their own. Uh, and it's not just about cleaning. It's about lots of life. So, um, so this idea of instructing our children is in a lot of places in Scripture. Uh, in Psalm 78, uh, the, the psalmist writes, "We will not hide them from their they, we will not hide them from their children, but tell." Tell it to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. So these instructions from the Lord we're telling to the next generation. Uh, another thing is warnings. Warnings put our children on guard against a, a potential danger. A warning is not a threat when it's used rightly. It's actually merciful speech. It's the same thing as putting a sign up informing uh, a driver that the bridge down the road is not working. Uh, think of it that way. An example might be Proverbs 14.23. All hard work brings profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. That's a warning. I feel like that's a warning for parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we keep talking, like, oh, I'm going to do this. If you don't, you know, you're just, and you never fall through it. Yeah, it can be. 
So an example of a, of a helpful warning, um, we ask our, our children, we might ask our children to stay in their bed and try to sleep during nap time. Uh, so, so you might say, all right, sweetheart, you've, you've gotten out of your bed yesterday during nap time. If you get out of bed again today, I'm going to have to discipline you. So it's, that's an example of a good morning. It's, it's relating it to something that's happened before. It's telling them this is what will happen if you, if you do well. And if you don't do well, this will happen. It's giving them that advance notice. An example of a wrong way to use warning. Do you want a spanking? Well, that's a bad question. Whoever wanted a spanking? <laughs> Nobody. So don't ask the kid if they want a spanking. Uh, another example. I'm going to count to ten, and if you're not here by the time I reach ten, you're going to get a spanking. Well, the problem there is that it teaches the child to delay their obedience. Oh, I get to 10. So I don't have to move until 8. Does that make sense? Yeah. I count to sleep. I'm getting a little closer. So how can you change that so that it's, it's not that, you know, 1, 2, 3, but more like the earlier one. Let me, let me root it in some, some good... Let me root it in something that you've experienced, whether good or bad, and then tell you this will happen or won't happen based on how you do this. And then it's immediate. Yes. Not, this is really what will happen. Well, so you don't have to count yeah. here. You can just... You don't have to count Because sometimes in life, that's where you mean life or death. Yes, but when you ask hard, they don't any alcohol, any alcohol, or they do something when I ask. Well, they need a warning that, like, I'm giving you this much time, you know, in, in some cases. That so, so the difference, yeah. the difference is, is you're, you're posting a sign yeah. versus you've crossed the line and now you've got three seconds. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So you want to post the sign so they can choose to obey first time. You don't have to keep correcting with one, two, three. They can choose to obey and not disobey. So you're you're preempting, you're you're going ahead of any discipline that might need to happen. So um, okay. uh, let's let's talk about prayer. Prayer is the last one on our list um, about how we communicate. So prayer is actually not communication with your child. It's communication with God. But it's an essential element of communication between the parent and the child. Uh, understanding the what and how our children pray is often a window into their soul. And vice versa. When you pray... Your children can see what's on your hearts. I've heard numerous stories of people who were really affected by seeing the, 
the life of their parents praying regularly. Uh, Chris's mom is, is a great example of that. In fact, we, we just had examples recently with her prayers. Yeah? Oh, sorry. That's all you're going to say? Oh, she... <laughs> well, I mean, I just know she, she always was reading the Bible, and she prayed, and she prayed, and believing, and just trusting God. And if it didn't come to be, she still, you know, knew that God was in control. Like, just recently, in praying for Bethany's baby to turn, she wrote me the word, she's like, I trust God. I just know the Lord's going to turn baby. I was like, oh, that's good, but, you know, like, even if it doesn't, like, we still trust the Lord. No, I know that. <laughs> but, anyway, I just, she definitely prayed for prayers of faith, and I really respect that, because it's okay to do as long as you understand God is in control of the world. So, if a, an adult child is, is affected by her parents' prayers, imagine how your children will be affected by your prayers as they hear. And again, don't, don't underestimate the value of hearing your own children pray as a way to see what's in their heart. Um, I remember earlier on when, uh, when our kids were young and, and you know, we would say, go ahead, you, can, you get to pray now. And, and they would pray for some of the strangest things, but it helped us to see what was important to them. Um, so, last week we quoted uh, from testimonies uh, from Charles, Charles Spurgeon's wife uh, and a visiting friend about his leadership in their family worship. Uh, Susanna Spurgeon had this to say about his prayers. He seemed to come as near to God as a little child to a loving father. And we were often moved to tears as he talked face to face with his Lord. Now, again, to say we're not all Charles Spurgeon, uh, but I don't think. Uh, but I, but I, let's not make it that an excuse uh, that you know. Oh, I can't pray like Charles Spurgeon, so I'm not going to pray for my children. No, let your children hear and see your prayers. Um, we can pray to Him in earnest, and we can live out that before our children. Um, our praying with our children teaches them that we are people under authority. We're under God. Uh, that God is the one that we turn to in our needs. And that we live a life of faith. Uh, you know, these are just a few things that our prayers and praying with our children can do. So, uh, let's summarize this. Uh, there's a saying that says, if the only tool that you have is a hammer, then everything around you looks like a nail. But there are other tools and there are other things that, that are there. So, as parents, we need to think of all the ways that all the means of communication that God gives us. Uh, there's multiple ways that we can use communication. We don't want to just be the lawgiver, the police man or woman, or the judge. We want to be a coach, an encourager, someone who challenges, a leader, a teacher, and a prayer partner with our child. 
Well, one more thought on how we communicate. Consider when you have a, a monologue with your child and when you have a dialogue. Uh, there are times when we need to instruct or, in, or, uh, or to uh, plead with them or warn or our child sometimes just needs to listen. But there are also times when we need to talk with our children, to ask them questions and to understand what's really going on in their hearts. There's time for both of those things. So we don't want to weigh heavy on one and, and, and not do the other or vice versa. Uh, sometimes my tendency is to, to just instruct, to just preach to our children uh, when they might just need, you know, for conversation, dialogue. Uh, I'd encourage you to consider which way you tend to fall. Are you the one that always instructs? Or are you the one that always has this conversation? We need wisdom from God on this. So last point, when and where do we communicate? Well, remember from the verse in Deuteronomy 6 that we read earlier. These commands I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. So at home, along the way, when you lie down at night, when you get up in the morning, speak of God and His commandments. Do that always. Do that everywhere. Don't just teach the scriptures, but talk about the, but, but don't just teach them at one point, but talk about them, apply them in all kinds of places and circumstances, wherever and whenever life takes you. So put it all together, and the Deuteronomy 6 passages is saying we should use every opportunity at all times to teach our kids that the scriptures are the, the, the ruler of their lives. So parenting is a huge act of faith. And you, you've all entered into that, whether you knew it or not. At the time, you did. Uh, and communicating in a biblical manner the truth of Scripture is like sowing seeds of faith. And then we just wait and watch what grows up. By faith, we wait. And we pray for God to do the work. So... Don't give up on communicating with your children and pray that the Holy Spirit will bring power to those words, power to transform. So any questions before we close? Or any applications? She made the cutest thing. You have to bring it next week. No, I made a, well, I made a heart chart. It, 
it feels like though, once I started working on it, it was like there's that much more work that I had to do. So I don't know if that was that helpful. But it was cute. You know, I think it helps them visualize. So there's a big part. Well, she knows the word selfish now, so she tells Jonah selfish now. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Well, so you put words to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're starting to learn concepts. Yeah. That's good. Instruction takes time. Yeah. And it doesn't always come clearly the first time. So it's, that's great. Other thoughts, questions? Yeah. And just like a, in a plant, uh, let's say a, a tree, and we've used apple tree before, right? So just like in an apple tree, you, you plant the tree, you don't get fruit on it for years. And, and then the fruit comes, but it's not necessarily the best fruit. Uh, you got to wait the next season and the next season. And, and, and so it's... And you get a fruit. Yeah, it just takes season after season uh, in, in, you know, faithfully attending to that, to that tree. But it goes fast, so make the most of every moment. Yeah, it goes faster than you know, even though it seems it's slow. Other thoughts? I have a question. Yeah. How can you, do you have any pointers for, like, finding a balance between communicating and speaking at a level that your kids can understand when they're small, but also, the mouse is back. Good, but if you simplify it and 
like, that's not quite right doctrinally or uh-huh. something, and then change it. Yeah. I told David, I think it's harder to like write children's curriculum because you have to get the same, you know, melodic line, like, the same theme of scripture, and then but be able to bring it way down to make sure it's still theological. But, yeah. Or borrow from children's Bibles yeah. and have they talk about yeah. some, some children's Bibles. Yeah. Sometimes that's like, oh, that's how they talked about that concept. Like, let me. If you guys know of any, yeah. yeah, if you know of any new ones that have come out that are really good, let me know so I can bring those back when I go. Because I know I like the blue one, the Derek Kennedy. Um, What's it called? The, you mean the gospel story? Yeah, the great, the purple. I mean the blue. The gospel story book Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a big picture. Yeah, everybody here. Say it now because we can't hear. <laughs> will, you, will you share the the? Will you, will yeah, you yeah, yeah. There's other resources. Yes. On there, any resources that you? Yeah, share with me too, so I can. If they're only in America and somebody wants it and you're going to use it, I'd be happy to bring it back. We were starting, we started it, yeah, but then it's like a little bit too high for him, mm-hmm. but I thought, I could do one of these a month, you yeah. know, like, but, doing it so I thought that, I yeah, know. that was what you did, was said. Yeah, it, yeah, New yeah. City Catechism we did, yeah. Yeah, whatever, y'all probably know the newer things that come out. A new book on Joel just came out, the kids book. A Joel? Oh, wow. Just, the meat stuff Day, I think. Try to get those things and have resources. So those books I have at my house, like the the series from the Good Book Company, you're welcome. You know, borrow. Yes, that's what I have. And like hey. they're they're reading out of that today. It's called the Gospel Storybook Bible. Well, the, the beginners. beginners. The, the beginners. Gospel beginners Gospel Storybook. By Jerry Kennedy. The BGSB is right. I have beginners though. I do have that. Well. Folks, we need to wrap up our time. Um, so uh, let me ask Joe if you can close us in prayer. Yes, let's pray. Lord, help us rely on your word and equip us with it, Lord, to be patient in instructing our children. Help us not only instruct, but to encourage and rebuke, Lord. Let us uh, remember.